We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to Roto Grinders today. I'm Jordan Cooper, aka Blender Ed, Blender HD. You're gonna follow me on Twitter. And it's Tuesday, October 24th, and NBA is back. Yay! Do you want to stay in front of your computer from 7 o'clock at night through 11 p.m. to get the biggest edges as possible? I'm sure uh Andy definitely wants to do that. He'll be on crunch time uh, almost almost every day. I mean, this is this is when this is when your season, your year starts, and kind of like you were. It almost feels like you're on vacation, like from like July through October. And now it's time, Andy, it's time to show up for work again. I can assure you I did not feel like I was on vacation from July to October. Um, yeah, this is this is like a different kind of season that starts because this DFS sport is unlike any other DFS sport. But there's a reason we all love it, too, is because it's just it's just so crazy that we just can't stop. From playing it so um i'm excited i think i just found a noto yesterday noto put it probably as best as anybody i'm both excited and nervous that nba is back <laughs> <laughs> well if you're here live hit the thumbs up button hit the subscribe button hit the notification bell to always know when we go live obviously there's a two-game slate tonight we're not going to talk specifically about that obviously on roto grinders tay on the show we'll be talking about nba for the next you know eight months and intermixed with nfl with nhl with all the sports that are going on but I wanted to do kind of a one-on-one primer for those that have been playing NFL DFS, that have been playing MLB DFS. And now we're, now we're going to transition to, you know, let's get a refresher on, on the, the core things to understand about NBA DFS differently from those sports. And we're going to focus on the three levers of DFS projection, correlation, and leverage. When it comes to projections, Andy, we have a team. We, I, think, I think the misnomer, Andy, is that people look at lineup HQ which I could bring up on the screen. And we have all these projections here. We have, you know, minutes, fantasy points, projected ownership, floor, ceiling, all these numbers. And obviously you could get the, you know, the, the, the NBA analytics of, you know, here's the prop numbers. Here's, you know, the, the archetype DVA, DVAR, you know, stuff like that. Uh, for people, for people that, that may not be aware, like, there, there are human beings that are inputting stuff in that like know a lot about basketball that are projecting minutes for people and usage and rebounds and assist rates and three pointers that it's not just simply like, Oh, we just ran like a computer that there's a little hamster wheel with Jamino's, you know, like plug it in and then it just spits out stuff. Like this is like projections are expert analysis. Yeah. And your projections are only as good as your inputs too. So 
we have a, a really big team doing these. I mean, there's a handful of guys probably each night, the night before that are doing the nitty gritty, the grinding out minutes, grinding out rates. And then, you know, once everything flips over the next day, we got just all hands on deck. We got people QC and things like I'm looking in there to see if, if I disagree with something, we have a conversation about it. We have probably at least a dozen people that have their hands on these things, uh, you know, throughout taking a slate from start to finish, you know, when it gets posted to when it, the last game starts. So we got a huge team going on that. And it's different because, you know, like with, let's say baseball, for instance, like baseball, you could, things just are, can be very, very automatic. Like a guy hits a ball, you know, how hard he hits it. Was it an out? Was it a homer or whatever? Like with basketball, things are so different from game to game that, and, and when I say different, different things that matter. Like if Kevin Durant is playing tonight with Bradley Beal, that is way different than if Kevin Durant is playing without Bradley Beal. And like stuff, little stuff like that, big or small, is going to affect those changes. And it's not something you can just automatically fix. Like it, like no one's going to have something that is accurate, in my opinion, that's just automatically going to know what to do if you know Bradley Beal is out. Bad example because this is his first real game, or first real game with the Suns. But people have to figure out how much does Kevin Durant's usage go up now? How much does Devin Booker's usage go up now? How much does their assist rate go up now? Like it's very hard to automatically landed numbers that make sense there. So there's always people looking at things like that. And then you factor in that there's, you know, however many players on a team, however many teams on a slate, it is, it is, it is grueling work. And like, those are the, the true freaking heroes, the guys who are doing our projections. Right. And one of the main things that you talk about with things change, things can change on a given day from the course of 11 a.m., to 7 p.m. Eastern. I mean, I know we have uh, uh, Noto will be doing the four plays article for premium members, and we have tons of premium content, uh, not just the projections. We got uh, the starting lineups and depth charts and the fantasy pick em tool, the consensus value rankings, and we'll talk about the if-then projections, which could be very useful. Slate IQ, the DBA, DBA tool, the showdown sim tool. Uh, whenever I do this show in the morning during NBA, a lot of times, now, people want to talk about, okay, who do we play on today's slate? And people, I mean, I, I come across as ornery because I say it's like it's 11 in the morning. Uh, you've written this core plays article for a long time. And you know how often, like, you have to use that strikeout font, like, throughout the course of the day of, like, well, it's this, but something will change. And then we have injury report and we have the situation room, which you could see here on the site, which is free. Uh, the, who's, you know, doubtful or whatever. Like, can you explain how throughout the course of the day, how NBA is not necessarily the type of thing like in baseball. Yeah. You may have a starting lineup change. Oh, oh, Austin Barnes is in instead of Will Smith for the Dodgers, but it doesn't like, Oh, he's out. That means all the usage goes to someone else. Doesn't happen in baseball. It's just, okay. A guy, a guy that we projected batting seventh is now batting eighth. His plate appearance expectation goes down about this much. It really doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't affect you really that much. But in NBA, like, like, dude, like, it could change the like one guy being out could change the whole context of the entire slate. Yeah. So a couple things on that, uh, and just to use like your most recent example of like one guy being out can change the whole slate. Like, let's use the Andre Drummond example. Like, I think last year when Vooch was out, and Andre Drummond was priced at like. 4,500 or something on DraftKings. Like that one person being out makes Andre Drummond literally the best play on the entire slate, no matter what, basically, because he's so good at what he does per minute that he's priced like basically a backup. And he goes from playing like, you know, let's say 14 minutes uh, when Vooch is starting, he just plays strictly backup minutes. And then he would play 35 minutes when Vooch is out. And like, There'll be uh, examples like that throughout the year where that's just like literally probably just someone you lock button because the guy is so egregiously underpriced for what he is expected to do that there's just like no way he's not going to at least, you know, I don't know. I don't want to like 7x, 10x a seller or whatever. It's just there's egregious mispricings like that. And all it takes is one injury. And then you have a then you have a, a completely 
must play guy on the slate. So there's other things like that that are less uh, extreme. And then you have to figure out if that person's ownership is worth, uh, you know, how good he's going to be. Um, but those, yeah, that example always sticks out in my head just because of um, just one little, one little guy just not playing, won't roll his ankle or whatever. And then you have just a completely different slate. So like what we've done with the core plays article and, you know, I started that years ago and I would just say, this is who you should play and this is why. And I would post it at like 9 a.m. And then as years go on and in load management becomes more of a thing, et cetera, et cetera, I'd have to change it so much. So now what we've tried to do with that is basically make it like a living document of the slate. So like in the morning, we're going to post, these are how many games are on the slate. These are the teams on front end and the back to backs. These are the team on the back end of the back to backs. This is what the situa situation room looks like with the injury report. This is what I'm looking at for. This is what I'm looking for today. What is going to move the needle the most today? And then as uh, you know, we'll drop some team previews in there. Like this is this team's on the back to back. Their injury report hasn't been released yet. This person may be questionable. What are we going to do? If this person's questionable. And then as the day goes on and more pieces fall into place, we're going to start updating the tables at the bottom of that. So you can actually like. If you, if you come to the slate at 6 p.m. and you want to see the most what the slate looks like now, you go to that core plays article, you go to the tables, and you say, okay, up, Noto updated this 12 minutes ago. This is what I'm looking for. Uh, this is who he likes. This is who his core plays are. So we just basically want to make that a living. And there you go. You see he already has an up. He's going to start. Uh, yeah, I think he's got the update in there now for uh, for the Beal news. So we're going to have that stuff in there. He's talking about using court IQ as uh, what to do when Beal's off the court. Obviously, Beal wasn't on the Suns last year, so it's going to get tricky. I'm curious to see how Noto's handling that. Uh, but yeah, those that's what we want to do with that document. And then last thing before I pass it back, the we have those uh, the if-then projections. We'll basically, our projections team will select what they think are the most noteworthy injuries that we're still waiting on. It gets posted like late afternoon. I want to say like 4 or 5 p.m. Eastern. And it's going to show you what is going to change. Like you can literally input that into lineup HQ and change the projections based on what that happened. You can save those lineups. This is my, if Beal's out, uh, this is my, if my Beal's out lineup set, this is if Beal's in lineup set. And you can see kind of envision what's going to happen to this latest, if certain chips fall the, uh, a certain way based on injury reporting. So yeah, we, a lot of, a lot of similar stuff uh, that we've had in the past, but, we're trying to curtail it to keep up with just the ever-changing way that NBA DFS is. So, Right, and you could always see that the timestamp, I mean, pay attention to the timestamps in lineup HQ because that's when the projections have been updated. We also have our, our philosophy here at RG is that uh, doubtfuls are removed, questionables remain. So like your current, like for today's slate, like Bradley Beal is still like listed technically as questionable, but he's probably not going to play. So like they're just, I think they just haven't updated that yet. That update should be right. coming in soon. Yeah. Right. But, but always pay attention to that because you may be building lineups or placing prop bets or pickums or anything. And the projections are based around who, you know, Beal is in the projections because these 34 minutes, they're going to go to other people once it gets updated. Uh, one of the main reasons why like minutes matter, opportunities matter from a projection standpoint, is that NBA NBA is the least event-driven sport out of the major daily fantasy sports. So when you think of baseball, you're like, oh, most batters get somewhere between three to five at-bats. And Mike Trout or Jordan Alvarez could go over five easily. And some ninth hitter could hit a home run in one of their at-bats. Like it, The variance is so much higher. There's no such plays. Like how much... Like, if someone plays eight minutes, like, it's hard for them to score any decent amount of points. So, hence why when a guy is out, minutes go elsewhere, and typically the sites price it as if, like, as if that news never happened. So, like, when you do get that Drummond situation, when you do get, when a star, when Giannis is out, you know, when LeBron is out, when some Luca is out, it's like, well... That's a guy that not only plays minutes, but also touches the ball a lot. I mean, his usage is so high. And once you take him out of the team, you'll get into these scenarios that moving on to like the kind of the leverage point is like you mentioned, 
oh, well, you probably lock button them into all lineups. And if you study in results DB, a lot of those situations, that is exactly what the sharper players do. And it's not like football. Like we, we, Meansy, we, 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 we've had $4,200 running backs in football, $4,800 running backs that people don't lock button in. They just go, oh, well, he's going to get, he's going to get, um, he's going to get 70% of the snaps on a team with a 17 implied total. Uh, why aren't we lock buttoning him, him in, in football or in baseball? Oh, the leadoff hitter. Oh, the, the ninth hitter is now batting first for the A's and he's 2,200. And it's like, well, we don't lock button that guy in is because the distributions for those sports are not anywhere close to normal. But in NBA, you get a $3,800 point guard that's going to be playing 36 minutes for nearly any team. Like when you see that ownership, I know people make it, you know, coming from other sports may go, he's projected to be 78% owned. And then you'll get on a show on crunch time and go, yeah, that's under owned. Right? Like, like 70, if he comes in at 78%, I'd be happy to have him in all my lines. Well, that's like, you're going to see in lineup HQ, like that RG value column is going to, uh, like, I didn't know our, I didn't know it could get that bright green. <laughs> like, so you're gonna be like, why does this guy have a 15 RG value? And you're like, yeah, he's probably gonna be a good play. So it's like you said, like, why don't why don't we lock button that running back in that situation? It's the exact example you said, how event driven NFL is, how event driven MLB is. Like NBA, it's just a guy just gradually racks up fantasy points in his 35 minutes or whatever, and that's why it's uh, such a projections focused sport compared, or at least in my opinion, compared to other sports, like obviously projections matter for everything a little bit, but NBA, it's just because, because there's, there's less variance. The guy's just going to do his thing for however many minutes he's out there. And uh, when you're 4,500 or whatever, like in the drumming example, you need to factor that into your thought process too, because if we're talking about someone being out, but the guys, you know, 9,500, then we're going to have a little bit of a different discussion because we have to talk about if, if uh, he's going to be able to pay off that kind of price tag with the, uh, expectation of his usage in minutes and whatnot. I also want to talk about a little bit difference from other sports. We have an MLB, like you wouldn't play a, a guy that's not in the starting lineup, right? Like, like, Oh, you're not going to play him for a pinch hit or anything like that. He may not even come in in, in NFL. Typically you're not playing, you know, fourth wide receivers, special teamers, third running backs, you know, stuff like that. Often at times, especially early in the year for people that are not used to NBA DFS, that the focus should be on minutes and usage and not whether or not like a guy is starting because you'll see the starting lineup get announced like some guy is out. Right. And then the starters get announced and you're like, oh, this guy's starting and not the guy that we thought was starting. And we've seen obviously cases like Will Barton, Lou Williams. Like guys that are almost never in the starting lineup yet, you know, will still play 32 minutes coming off the bench and closing out each half. I think that can you touch on you talk about it on crunch time often because you'll get those questions of, oh, this guy isn't in the starting lineup. Can we still play him? And your attitude is, is that a lot of times the projections already equate for him not starting. It's just that you expect him to close both halves and play. X amount of minutes and yep. a lot of times when they play with the second unit, they actually have better usage than when they play with the starters. Yep. Um, so the very first thing I would say there is like, trust the tr trust what the projections are showing you, because let's say the timeline is so-and-so's out. Uh, then the next news we get is the starting lineup for that team. And then the next thing that happens is you see a timestamp with updates of lineup HQ. And you're, and you're getting worried that player X wasn't in the starting lineup, but he's really showing out well in lineup HQ. Yeah, trust that because a couple of things that you mentioned that I'll expound upon. One, sometimes coaches, for whatever reason, just want a guy to come off the bench. And there's a uh, there's a, a very uh, like a coach speak thing that players will say when they're asked about not being in the starting lineup. And they'll say, it doesn't matter if I start or not. It matters if I close or not. Basically saying like, I want to be out there when it matters. And it's like you said, they'll come a lot of times. Sometimes guys will just come in for their first rotation in the first quarter and play like the whole, the rest of that quarter and the rest of the second quarter. They'll just play straight on through. And a similar situation, you'll see similar situations in the second half too when they come in, in the third quarter. But all of those things equal to the guy playing 33 minutes, where 
that's not much different if he was in the starting lineup. And another thing you said, if he's coming in with a bunch of reserves, dude's going to shoot the ball more if that's the kind of player he is, which is another reason why the coach wants him coming off the bench in the first place is because they want that scoring punch with the reserve unit. So long story short, TLDR, trusted what the projections are saying because we're factoring all of that in when we uh, post everything. So uh, don't get – yeah, like you nailed Blair like on crunch time, but he's not starting. Can we play this guy? Yes, we can. Like there'll be other situations where I say, no, you can't. Because if he's not starting, then we're like, oh, then the coach really doesn't trust this guy to play based on what we're seeing in the rotational patterns and things like that. And I'm get and it would be reflected in projections, I'm sure, too, there. So um just an, another example of all the nuance that goes into this this weird uh DFS board. Well, the great thing is that our team takes care of everything for us i mean like i've been playing nba dfs since 2017 and i mean i i would say that i could probably not even identify half the league by face because i don't even watch i don't even watch the games i just use the numbers that are in the projections of course once you get used to you know the players and everything you get the sense of oh, this guy's out most likely these guys are going to be bumped up in projections and everything you kind of get used to that type of thing but let's get to the second lever correlation People in MLB are used to like, oh, we're gonna, the team scores 10 runs. I want to, you know, play five guys from the team, stack them, right? Quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, you know. Well, if the quarterback's getting points, these wide receivers are getting points. Is there much of correlation? If we if we do the mathematical example, the correlation coefficient between most players is minimal. Would you say that negative correlation is a little bit more important in NBA from a minute standpoint than positive correlation. Yeah, I would say I, I focus on that more than I look at positive correlation, mainly when you, when there are extreme examples and we'll just go back to like the Drummond thing. When there's extreme examples where one guy is like, for sure, this guy's backup and he is only playing when the other guy's not like, Again, that's stuff we factor into. You can also use like NBA.com uh, tools for that, like just to see how often players share the court uh, in certain lineups. But like when there's examples like that, I definitely think there's negative correlation because it's just strictly like it's obvious. There's 48 center minutes, and with one guy's going to play, you know, 34 of them, and one guy's going to play 14 of them. I think that I think that is uh, I think that is obvious negative correlation. But it's all like those are. Extreme examples, you'll get, you'll see other stuff like that with like point guards. Uh, that's another uh, important or a prominent position that I think you'll see frequent examples like that. Where just if one guy's going to handle the ball for 34 minutes of the game and he has a direct backup, it's we probably see less than that, less of that more nowadays, just because there's so many combo guards and guys who can do different things. But when I'm looking at how many basically like how many players I'm going to put on the lineup. That's one of the things I factor in. I got to factor in, obviously, price. I obviously have to factor in projected ownership because, like, I'm more willing to play more players from a team if they're cheaper. And, you know, th that's just one of the the moving parts of the puzzle um, when we're factoring all this stuff in, how many guys are out, what the price tags are, what the projected ownership is, et cetera, et cetera. Well, one correlation that people tend to focus on, because it is a positive correlation, is that the starters – and I'm putting that in quotes. So the people that close the game's minutes, because you see in the NBA a lot of times, sometimes you call it the National Blowout Association, right? And the thing is, is that unlike football, like in NFL, if you told me a team scored 35 points, like by the time the mop-up quarterback comes in and the backups come in, like the team has already done plenty of damage. Like like by the time when, when, the, when a team scores 14 runs in – in MLB, and then you see, like, you know, there's star players coming out in the seventh inning. It's like, the guy probably had a, plenty of points also. In NBA, from a ceiling perspective in GPPs, like, people you see on crunch time, you're like, oh, this team is favored by 14 and a half points. Are we concerned about there uh, being a blowout? Like, it's almost as if sometimes you'd rather focus, given the choice. It's all factored into projections. Given a choice, you'd rather have a high total with a close spread rather than one team that's just going to, you know, Giannis only plays 26 minutes, right, when you play him. Or, you know, some Luca only plays 30, 
30 minutes instead of 36 minutes because he doesn't get his last rotation because they're up by 22 points or something like that. So a lot of times Alex uh, uh, asks in the chat that when people play like especially expensive star players, they go, well, what's correlated to his minutes? Well, the closers of the other side of the game. So it's more likely that, you know, if Giannis is playing the, the Warriors, that if you're going to play two expensive guys in your lineup, maybe you play Steph Curry because if Giannis is getting 70 points, that means Curry's probably, and it's a close game and they're going to play major minutes. Like it's going to be on the other side. I think too many people think of it as what if the game goes to overtime, which is such a, like a minimal thing. And then the other part, and you can answer this all together is that you also get a lot of questions on, well, who's going to play the blowout minutes and would it be, would it be, I know it'd be a little rude, but typically my response is who cares who plays the blowout minutes because you need, you need three things. You need one, the, the, the game to blow out that guy to get max minutes in the blowout and be incredibly efficient in order to score like 25 to 30 points that like, if you just never focused on who plays in the blowout, like, I don't think it'll ever affect like your ROI. Like don't even, that's a, that's more of a showdown. If there's a showdown contest, maybe that's more of a, a, a viable question, but can you talk a little bit about, uh, about that kind of little bit of positive correlation to, where you would play both sides of a game or stack a game, playing two sides of, of a game. Like, are, sure. are you in GPPs? In cash games, we don't care. But in GPPs, do people do that a little too much or maybe not enough? I would, I would say probably not enough. One thing I want to mention on, before I forget on your garbage time thing, the one thing I will say that I would recommend looking for, if you can find the guy who is also playing in the first half and the second half, and they will keep him out there when it's garbage time. Then if you can find that guy, then I then that's stuff I would look at. You usually get that with young guys who are like fringe rotation players, and the coach is going to use that as an you know as a reason to give him a little extra lease just to see what he can do. Uh, but yeah, uh, not something we will usually care about, especially on bigger slates. So for the I, I love your example, and especially on a slate like tonight, where there's two games, like you let's say, you know, we have Phoenix, Golden State, one point spread, a higher total. Everyone, you know, both teams have a starter out. That uh, people are that people are going to gravitate towards that. And I'm guessing, without even looking, that the projected ownership on those on players from that those two teams are going to be higher than from the other game. And there are certain things that can happen. Not just things go according to plan, and you want you want to have the two studs from the same game. Sometimes, sometimes odds makers are wrong. Like sometimes a game has a 210 total and it goes for 240 points. Sometimes two teams playing against each other. It's early in the season. They have different coaches, different players. They're going to play a little different than people predict. And they're going to have a higher total than what the odds makers are saying. Sometimes, Teams are on a back-to-back and they're just tired. Like they're not playing defense. Like sometimes things just happen that we don't expect. There's still variance in NBA. So when you're building, especially tournament teams, again, using tonight as an example, what if the Suns just stink because they traded away people to get Beal, they Beal's out. Golden State has that, you know, the organizational culture of just, being knowing knowing who they are because they've been had the same core for so long and they win by 25 points tonight. Steph Curry doesn't play the fourth quarter. Andrew Wiggins doesn't play the fourth quarter. You have, you know, Kevin Durant doesn't play the fourth quarter. And all those minutes projections and fantasy points projections you've seen in there are just way lower. Uh, and these guys have, you know, I'm seeing 77% projected ownership for Wiggins. Chris Paul, 82%. What if that game blows out? And this Lakers-Denver game, A, stays close, B, goes way over the total. Like, those are things you need to think of. And, again, especially on two-game slates because that's kind of what you're just – it's like a, a, a more zoomed-in example of what you're just talking about where you want the, the studs from the same teams, especially on smaller slates like this where you're just like – you just kind of load up on one game and hope the other game blows out. So, um, 
yeah, a, a little bit of rambling there, but I mean, I, it's a perfect example on this slate tonight because everything is is loading up for that, that late game tonight to have all the ownership, it looks like. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Right, and also understand that our projections also update throughout the course of the night as news comes out. We may have questionable tags on West Coast teams that are playing at 10, 10 p.m. So, you know, we have a late swap tool, right, that you could use. You could upload your, your entry CSV. We have some tutorials on that if you'd like to take a look. Uh, another heuristic when it comes to leverage, because NBA is like because it's more, more normally distributed than other sports, like sacrificing projection means a lot. In NBA versus other sports. In MLB, I could build GPP lineups for large field that are 30 points lower mean projected than like the top optimal lineup or something like that. In NBA, like you really can't because how do you get 30 points at once? I mean, like like one inning in a baseball game, you know, team goes bang, 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 bang. You could get 30 points, no problem from a stack. But in NBA, it's kind of tough. So like my heuristic when it comes to leverage, if you, without looking at actual ownership, is be much more inclined. I want to, two heuristics I want to ask you about, Andy. One, when in doubt, if you want to play a low-owned guy, play a low-owned good player that just happens to be in a bad matchup. It's a nine-game slate, and for some odd reason, because of matchup and everything, you know, uh, Steph Curry is is 4% owned. I mean, like, or or... Or something like that, where it's an actual Jimmy Butler, like those types of players, not not the $3,800 guy that, that, oh, maybe he shoots hot or something like that. And then in when it comes to cash games versus GPP, we always talk about minutes equal money. But in GP, I think my attitude is when given a heuristic that in cash games, I tend to side with minutes. And in GPPs, I tend to tie, side with ppm with with points per minute upside because there's a big difference like between playing tony snell and playing bobby portis so people may look and see it's like oh this guy's projected for 36 minutes and his point per minute is like 0.58 and it's like well at least they'll be out there so like if i need a cheap punt at small forward i don't mind playing dorian finney smith or someone like that but in gpps I may look at a guy that is only projected for 22 minutes, but when he's on the court, he racks, he's, he is high usage, racks up rebounds. His upside is maybe he plays more minutes. And if he plays more minutes, he's most likely going to do very well. The guy, the guy that already plays 36 minutes, your his upside is, well, maybe they just give him the ball to shoot more. And a lot of times you're much more likely to find the guy that, we projected for 22 minutes that ends up playing 28 that making a difference in GPPs while 
you're not going to see that many games where Tony Snell is putting up 40 points. Yeah, like, and those guys are the worst to watch. Either watch the game or watch their stat, their box score on your PJ phone. Tucker, you watch PJ like, Tucker just yeah. sitting in the corner, racking up no fantasy points. Yeah, because you got to think about it. Like, if he has that low fantasy points per minute rate, and you're like, well, why is this projection this high? Like, oh, he plays 38 minutes, but he just doesn't do anything when he's out there. So, yeah, good example. And I like using that example, too, for more expensive guys as well. Like, I always think of Julius Randle. Plays for the Knicks. Defensive-minded coach. Usually play pretty slow. Like, if you get them playing the Heat, and it's like a 208 total, and the, like Julius Randle, no one's playing Julius Randle tonight. Well, A, He's going to play – he could play 40-plus minutes because he plays for Tibbs. B, he can get a triple-double anytime he plays. And, like, you think of it if, like, let's say he's – in this example, he's 7,800. And let's say someone else is 8,200 projected for maybe four more fantasy points. And or I guess let's say he's someone 7,600 projected for, like, four more fantasy points. And that guy just has, like, 40% projected ownership or whatever. And Julius Randall is like – eight you got to think about like i know projections matter and everything but like think about what has to happen in a game for like a four point difference like the guy basically has to like hit a three and like maybe get one more rebound and then he like has closed that four point projection gap like there's gonna there's gonna be so many examples like that where strictly because projections say so and 98 percent of people are using projections now so like Using projections isn't going to like make you different, but if everyone's looking at projections, projections are relatively similar and everyone's playing this guy because he projects for just a few more fantasy points and no one's playing this guy. Yeah. Play the guy who's still really good at basketball, but just because some ancillary things that are being factored in, which should be factored in are making his projection just a little bit lower then yeah, play the guy, play the guy who's still really freaking good at basketball, who still has a high fantasy points per minute rate and is just being glossed over for, you know, the reasons we've already mentioned that just someone else is slightly better and slightly cheaper. Right. And then it's, and it's very similar to all the other sports where it's lineups, not players that like you play, you play that guy over the, the 40% on guy. Now you don't have to worry as much about the rest, the ownership and the rest of your lineup. So. Like NBA in general, if you want, I don't like classifying things as good shock and bad shock. It's more of over-owned players and under-owned players. But if you study the top players in GPP players, 150 maxers, large field contests, you'll see that they're eating the chalk more often than, you know, if they're, they're play, if the players are 2K underpriced, they probably have 82% of them, right? If a guy is 800 underpriced, they probably have 50% of, I mean, like you'll see the, their exposures in one fifties of like, it's a very projections driven sport. It's just that once you get outside of those obvious values, Mm -hmm. then you could build lineups within five points of median fantasy points of each other that have like 78 different players in them, depending on the size of the slate. That's kind of where you get different. So like, like you'll see in the sim tool, we have a sim tool here, Slate IQ. And the thing that people get hung up on a little too much is not understanding the context of what the output is. And we'll soon have a, a sim product that you'll be able to actually see that in that in work. Andy, a lot of times on in our Slate IQ or something, well, in our sim tool, we'll go, uh, Jokic has a 24% chance of being the optimal lineup. Embiid has a 22% chance. Steph Curry and LeBron and all these expensive guys are like, they're and they're all going to be like 10% owned, but they're like twice as often going to be in the optimal lineup. The reason why that's happening is probably because there's a $3,200 player that projects for like 10X. That because he's the, the only reason why the expensive players show up in the optimals because the $3,200 guy has a median of like 36 points. And all of the lineups with the studs have that guy in it. And then people approach the slate from a gotta fade the chalk type of mentality and go, yeah, the the, the sim tool says that, that I should be playing the studs. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to fade the $3,200, 88% on player and then mix in all the studs. And it's like, 
yeah, those lineups are they come in optimal like two percent of the time because <laughs> that's the reason why those numbers look the way they do. So you'll you'll see on crunch time often people will ask you, it's like, is this guy's ownership too high? Is it weird for me to say, as like kind of like the game theory contrarian person, that if you're playing lower stakes, especially lower stakes, large field, you're playing the 20 max, you're playing the one dollar mini max. I tell people it's like, let other people make the mistake. I don't care that he's 82% owned. He probably should be 96% owned. And let the rest of the field outthink themselves on those players. So like side with the projections for the guys with that RGV value that, you know, is bright, great green so much that it's blinding you that like, don't, don't come to, don't come to you in crunch time and go, well, in GPPs, I'm I'm just gonna fade like the top for the top green guys, and then you kind of like nod at them and go, "Well, good luck with that." Yeah, there and there's a little bit of nuance I want to add to this, just so because I think this is important because I don't think even people who have been with Rotor Grinders for a while have been riding with us for a while. I'm not sure everyone knows this, but like if you look at our like we are in sync, our projection team is in sync with what we have on the lineups page. So like if we're using I keep going back to the Drummond example. Let's just use that since I've been talking about it. But like, let's say that the Bulls play at 10 p.m. Eastern and you see Andre Drummond is projected to be in the starting lineup because Vooch got ruled out. And you see Andre Drummond in lineup HQ is just popping. Like he's just like the obvious best play. But then you also will maybe see like in lineup HQ, like we don't have a starting lineup confirmed. You see on the lineup page, like we don't have a starting lineup confirmed yet. If we get a, and this is going to usually in this example, this is going to happen after lock. So, like, let's say we get the Bulls starting lineup announced at 8.30 p.m. Eastern and Drummond's not in the starting lineup. And you're like, oh, okay, well, why isn't he in the starting lineup? And then you see our projection drop to, like, 17 minutes instead of 33 minutes. And now Drummond is not anywhere close to the best play on the slate. So, like, when you're looking at it while watching Crush Time, I say, yeah, play Drummond. No matter what, play Drummond. Assuming he's starting, play Drummond. But then he's not in the starting lineup. You're like, well, that's curious. Why? Maybe he's in the doghouse. Maybe he's hurt. Maybe he's sick. Maybe he's just not going to play nearly as many minutes as we think he should. Then that bright green lineup HQ just became like, oh, now it's a little bit of red. Now you have to completely change what you're thinking. So, like, my point being, use the lineups page in coordination with lineup HQ because we are – Putting those projections in, we're talking like, yeah, are we we're expecting Drummond to start tonight? All right, where are we gonna put him at? Let's put him at 33 minutes. Then you see him in lineup HQ and he's popping. Well, then later we get the news that he's not, and now everything changes. So, like, use that in coordination because we are constantly in communication and we we want to make sure what you see there is synced. And on that lineup page too, is like we pretty much have it how we think is going to be on the bench based on like who's the most important bench player as far as who's gonna get in first you know, who's going to play the most minutes. Like we have that quote unquote as a depth chart too on the bench. And so when you're looking at, if you want to look to see who the guys like for tonight's slate, maybe it's, you know, you want to get some Christian Wood or Zeke Naji, definitely Kaminga because Draymond's out, but he'll probably be the first guy in for the Warriors. Like you're just use that in coordination with lineup HQ and, and make sure you're focusing on how the timeline of things is happening. When news comes in, when projections get updated, when the lineups page get up, get, gets updated like that's all connected in, in some way, shape or form. So factor that in. Cause I don't think everyone really knows that we have everything like kind of on a string together there. Right. And that's why it's so important for your edge to, you got to pay attention throughout the course of the night, get the Roto grinders app. You can get it on your phone. There's notifications. Our, our news notifications are in that app. You could go on Twitter, Roto grinders, NBA account, and you could even set notifications for just that for like their, NBA, the news will come to you. We have, obviously, our Discord, rotogrinders.com slash Discord. Andy's in there all the time. All of our NBA people are in there all the time. So you can go to the NBA channel. That's free. So if you go to rotogrinders.com slash Discord, it, it's, you don't even need to be a premium member or anything. And any update is going to be in the Discord. And it's all going to be pushed to your news. Like, like NBA is a news-driven sport. So... If you didn't get a notification from the RG app, that means it hasn't happened yet. That means, right, is, oh, is uh, is so-and-so out? It's like, if you didn't get a notification, that means there's no confirmation of that. 
like we, we don't miss news notifications. So like, Oh, if anything that, if anything, sometimes it's too many news notifications of like, <laughs> here's the confirm, but Hey, maybe it's that Drummond example, right? Andy. Yeah. And you're like, it matters. Okay. Drummond, Drummond, you know, the bulls are playing at eight o'clock, right? Eastern slate locks at seven, right? We have late swap. And then at seven 40, the starting lineup comes out and Drummond's not in like, There'll be an RG news alert of confirmed starting lineup for the Bulls, and mm -hmm. you'll see no Drummond in it. And there may be a news update of Drummond not starting as a secondary <laughs> news update because the news people know that that's a very big deal on this slate. But all the confirmed starting lineups end up going through. You could use the starting lineups page. Like, feel much more inclined to use Roto Grinders to let the stuff come to you rather than have to be you do not have to be proactive in nba because we're going to know about it before you, you you don't have to scour twitter you don't have to follow the beat writers we have an entire team that does that for you so like that to me that's the biggest value add in nba dfs especially for someone that like i don't really watch the games or anything and i'm not i couldn't tell you what the rotation is going to look like when these three guys are out so it's like, okay, you guys tell me, put everything into projections, and I know what to look for. So when I see, oh, this starting lineup is different than what I expected, time to go back to my computer and wait for that timestamp to update on the projections to go, okay, what do the guys think about the rotation now? And then you switch around all your lineups. So, like, crunch time is very important. I think crunch time for NBA is more important than MLB, Right. Because, dude, you're on the show. Like, dude, half the time, it seems like, Andy, half the time I listen to Crunch Time, something at, like, literally at, like, 10 minutes before lock, Paul George is out. <laughs> just, like, just, 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 but he was never on the injury report. Like, it's someone that's, like, that no expectation whatsoever. And next thing you know, it's, like, like, uh, Roth is on and has to cover for you because you're like now you got to run new like dude we got eight minutes to lock and you give, give me the sweats you give me the sweats yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like that's that's a that's the whole thing and like crunch time was we started crunch time for NBA like that was we didn't have that show until we decided like I'm pretty sure we we're the first ones to do it too like we took it right up to lock and like I remember I was talking to our old our old uh, RG owner, Cal Spears, and he was talking to me at some of, we were at some DraftKings event. He's like, yeah, I'm really envisioning you doing a show like before NBA locks. I think that'd be really cool. I was like, oh yeah, that, yeah, awesome. Like as long as you give me like that, as long as I can be done, you know, with that last 30 minutes just so I can do my lineups. Yeah, I think that'll work out. Well, he goes, no, it's like, I want you to take it right up to lock and then after lock. And I was like, oh, I was like, I don't know about that. <laughs> but yeah, it ended up being like a really good idea because that's, more often than not, like going to be the most important 30 minutes of your NBA DFS day. Like what happens in that 30 minutes or that 60 minutes before lock is, is going to be your, like I always say it, but like your lineups that were, you know, what they look like at noon are just going to be drastically different than what they look up, look like at 7 PM. So yeah, that last hours, that last hour is huge, man. So before I want to talk about one last thing, I just want to highlight all the stuff that we offer here for premium members. We have lineup HQ with our player projections updated constantly plus ownership for DraftKings and FanDuel. We got uh, the DFS projections. We also have stat level projections, and that's very useful when it comes to props and pick them. Let me tell you, that's that's I go, I download the CSV when it updates and I plug it into Excel and I go to town, right? Go to town. What's off? What's on? You know, I, I go through, see, right? So even if you, even, if, hey, you don't even have to play DFS, right? I don't have to worry about Andy. I don't have to worry about late swap when it comes to props, right? It's in, it's in. And Trust me, that's what I do sometimes when I'm on crunch time. I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with DFS and I'm just going to do that. <laughs> we got the starting lineups and the depth charts. We got the injury report analysis, the situation room. Court IQ with the on-off tool that you could use. Uh, we have a fantasy pick'em tool for Prize Picks and Underdog, which includes the Chrome extension that you could use that it overlays on Prize Picks and Underdog. So you can just load up the site, and the statistical projections will show for all for for all the players. And you say, "Oh, this is off. Let me let me take this card. This is off. This projection's off." And you go through. We also have the Prop Model Top Twenty, which if you want to see like based on the statistical projections, like 
based on the lines that are and then prices available on DraftKings, FanDuel, BetMGM, all the sports books. This is the ones that are the most off as as of the current timestamp. Right? Don't you know? You're looking at it. It was updated three hours ago. Well, that may not be. You know, this guy's out. It may not be. You have to do the same thing. Of is this? This is based on our starting lineup. It's based on these projections. So don't get, you know, don't start betting Bradley Beal overs when he's not going to play, right? Like stuff like that. Uh, consensus value rankings, the the if-then projections that, that Andy mentioned before, Slate IQ, the DVO, a, uh, the DVA matchup tool, the showdown sim tool. But uh, one last thing that we didn't touch on, I just want to, before we get out of here, is that the difference between DraftKings and FanDuel, because... The scoring is a little bit different and the positions are a little, it's, it's gotten a little bit different now that FanDuel has added kind of multi-positional eligibility more, but can you just highlight like for people, because there are going to be people that pretty much only play on DraftKings. There are pretty, a lot of people that pretty much only play on FanDuel and there are slight differences to playing NBA DFS between both sites. Yeah. So the, the very first thing that comes to my head when you say that is with DraftKings, the way their scoring system is set up, it's very, very favorable to better players. So you're going to see a lot of times on, let's say some sites where pricing is really efficient. Everyone has a pretty appropriate price tag. You're going to see the very best, and by best, I mean most expensive players are going to have like the best RG values. And that's because of a few different reasons. One, they have the bonuses. Triple, double, double bonus, triple, double bonus. Obviously, the better the player the more likely are they going to get those bonus. Another reason, you get dinged less for turnovers on DraftKings. And, like, how do you get turnovers? You have the ball in your hands more. So, like, LeBron, who has the ball in his hands all the time, has a high turnover rate. Doesn't matter as much on DraftKings because you only get dinged to half a point, whereas on FanDuel, you get dinged a full point. Uh, so so that's, that's one thing that always sticks out, uh, why DraftKings is going to favor some players more than others. On FanDuel you're going to see blocks and seals that are worth more points than on DraftKings. So like, uh, who, who's a good example? Anthony Davis. Usually he's going to look pretty good on FanDuel because he gets a ton of blocks, decent at steals. See what, we'll see what Wimby looks like. Let's see how many, let's see what Wimby's block rate looks like when he starts playing real NBA games. He's probably going to project pretty damn well on FanDuel. So like those are things that are obviously being factored into projections. We, we clearly are going to do that. Uh, under the hood for you guys. But if you're going to see, oh, Jokic, man, he's a nine RG value on DK. And he's like basically the same price. Why isn't he as good a play on FanDuel? Probably because he dude gets triple doubles. Dude turns the ball over a decent amount. Like those are the things, those are little nuances that maybe new players aren't as familiar with, but that's, those are a couple of examples that pop in my head when you brought that up. And also positional distributions are different. DraftKings has the flex positions. So like, on DraftKings, it's point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center, and then any guard, any forward, any player. FanDuel has the strict ones where it's like two point guards, two shooting guards, two small forwards, two power forwards, one center. Now, they used to have no positional, multi-positional eligibility, which made construction much different. Now they have a little bit of multi-positional eligibility, but you'll see a lot on when you talk on crunch time and you'll see when you like you run optimal lineups that on FanDuel a lot of times like you're paying up for LeBron at small forward even though he's like the fifth best value but it's only because small forward is so poor that it's Mm -hmm. better to take your raw points there where it's scarce rather than like a power forward or a point guard position that has tons of value on the slate so I think a lot of people look and they go Oh, and DraftKings, like, like LeBron isn't even close to, like, like one of the better RGV plays. But on FanDuel, like, he's the most owned small forward. Yeah, that's, that's a good example. Another example is, like, even though they have recently added multi-position eligibility, FanDuel still will just, like, stick the center, only a center tag on some players. And, like, let's see tomorrow on a however many games are tomorrow. And we have a whole bunch of really, really good center plays, but one is just a little bit better and they all only have center eligibility. So you can only play one of them. And that player is going to just have exorbitant 
projected ownership strictly because they're slightly better when you have all these other good players, similar to the example we were talking about earlier, that are just shouldn't be that projected for that low ownership. So, like, that's one thing that always sticks out to FanDuel to me as well on FanDuel because of that eligibility uh, restriction. We'll see what it looks like this year if they've, you know, altered their algorithm at all a little bit. But if you see some guys on big slates with players that are only center eligibility, you're going to see ownership congregate. Okay, so if there's anything else that, uh, you know, from a 101 type of perspective, any little tips, tricks, or anything, any good way to use RG other than what, what we've already mentioned? Or do you think that, you know, this is a good up-to-speed episode from, you know, transitioning from another DFS board and and getting used to NBA again? Yeah, like, the, I mean, we've danced around it a little bit, but you got to be accessible. Like, if you're going out on date night with your honey, like 15 minutes after lock, don't play. <laughs> like, you're, like, you're just, you're just, uh, you're doing more harm than good. Uh, you're just probably going to be throwing the money away at that point. So like, if you're not willing to at least be ready to go update something, then just, I mean, you know, throw in something in the $4 for fun, but it's a, it's It's a grind, man. Like it's people love it and people hate it. And probably people in both of those parties are still going to play it no matter what, just because it's so fun. But if you're not going to, you know, put the work in, and by put the work in, I mean just like be cognizant of what's going on throughout the night till the last game start, you're probably going to uh, probably be putting yourself in a bad position. So just, yeah, you got to just be around. Well, put yourself in the best position by subscribing to Roto Grinders. Get all of our premium content. Click on the link in the description. Get $10 off your first month of combo premium, right? Because you get NBA, you get NFL, you get PGA, you get soccer, MMA, you get everything. You get line NHL, NHL team is killing. Like, yeah, well, I, got yeah, it. NHL I started team is playing, killing. Andy. I just started yeah. I'm playing the NHL slate. It's my third NHL slate. The NHL props, I'm using the statistical projections. The, yep. the, o- the only work I have to do is I have to the, uh, I would wish on the on the projection it would show the teams better because every time I look I have to Google and say what team but this is how little I know about hockey nowadays it's like okay what team what team is what team is this uh has mark yeah I see his I see he's popping. I go to SAO, search his name in our prop cast, and they're like, okay, there's a game I have to go find. Yep. Uh, I right. the same way. That has been right. requested. That's in the FanDuel or DraftKings, and it's like, okay, yeah. I need to find that. I need to find <laughs> yeah. and then shop lines and then whatever. So I just I just bang out those. And the thing about the hockey projections is that, you know, that Dane, Moneyball 16, like he upstate, I mean, he talk about updates. Like he is oh, yeah. very fast. When the line changes, it's, it's the best. It's the best kept secret in DFS and sports betting right now is our NHL team. Like I said this in Slack yesterday uh, in our NHL channel. Like one of my favorite things that I've started doing the past week is just blindly putting out whatever they have on Sao. It's like I don't know these names. I don't know these teams. I played NHL '94 on Sega. That is about the extent of my hockey knowledge. Uh, but they just keep winning, so I just keep doing that. Uh, that's why I've been uh, that for what about the past week. All I've been doing is just looking at the uh, exporting the CSV and going, let's compare what's the biggest edges. Yeah. And then just, I just go to DraftKings or Ben wherever the best price is. And I go bang, 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 bang. I'm taking like on some of these large slates, I'm taking like easily like 50 or 60 props a night. And I'm just like, Ooh. okay. And then he, wake up in the morning. It's like, I mean, it's, it's not a lot. Right, but I wake up in the morning. It's like, oh, okay, I made two hundred bucks. Like, didn't have to do anything. I mean, didn't matter. I'm, I'm pretty sure we're already up. Like, I'm pretty sure the SAO team's already up plus twenty units, and we're like two weeks into the season. So, um, you can envision if we keep that trend going, what it'll look like. You know, come start of twenty twenty four. Well, I'm hoping to do that with the NBA projections, and you could do that as well. So, uh, Andy, people could find you on Twitter, Meansy fifty three. Uh, I'm a Meansy on Twitter. I Amy. was Meansy53 when it first started. I was like, I don't like Twitter, so I deactivated my account. And then I was like, then I was like, I, then I got the itch back, and so I couldn't get the Meansy53 back, so I have to do a Meansy. Yeah. And you could always find him uh, in our Discord, RotoGrinder.com/slash/discord on crunch time. Not tonight, but on most nights, you'll 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 see him on uh, tomorrow's show. So hit that notification bell. You'll always know 
when crunch time goes live, grinders live as well. Hit the thumbs up button on your way out the door. Good luck on a new NBA DFS season. And we'll be talking, hey, by, by January, we'll be sick of it on this, on this show. Talking about uh, NBA stuff. Oh, there's 74 people on the injury report. Let's not bother until like later. Uh, so for Andy, I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. You want to follow me on Twitter? And uh, I'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk about the NBA slate tomorrow and everything else that you're thinking about in Daily Fantasy. Props and pick them on Roto Grinders today. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.